0: Hello and howdy everyone. Welcome to another Adventures in Angular. My name is Alyssa Neichel and today with me on the panel, I have Brooks Forsyth. Hello. (laughs) I was trying to remember which of you goes first, honestly, That's why I hiccup there. So hopefully that was the right order, Brooks.
1: (laughs) The order is more about picks and Chris goes first. Okay,
0: okay. And so you don't care in the beginning. Cool, cool. I'm off Uh, the hook. mm -hmm. And of course, our lovely Chris Ford is with us today as well.
2: I mean, we've already established I'm here. Thanks for the spoiler alert <laughs> there, Brooks. <laughs> Shocker.
0: And our guest of honor is Alexi Kuncevish. Welcome, Alexi.
3: Hello. Hello, everyone. Leveling up is important. I spend at least an hour every day learning ways I can improve my business or take a break and listen to a good book. If you're looking to level up, I recommend you start out with the 12-week year as a system to plan out where you want to end up and how to get the results you want. You can get it free by going to audibletrial.com slash code. That's audibletrial.com slash code.
0: Goodness. And I do apologize if I messed up the first, last, or all of it together as a whole, but welcome. Welcome to the show. What are we, uh, actually, before we talk about our topic of the day, can you introduce yourself for the audience?
4: Ah, me, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is Alexei Konsevich. Uh, I am an Angular expert, a mentor, and independent consultant uh, based in Sydney, uh, helping companies to adopt Angular in the most efficient way by applying solid architectures and best practices. So also I'm organizing meetups like Angular-related meetups and running online and offline Angular workshops and teaching Angular at Konsevich.dev. I'm also a creator of Frontend Watch, Frontend, frontendwatch.com It's an online resource where you can learn more about modern frontend frameworks. And I'm recently become a part of NGXS core team. Yes, yeah, pretty much about me.
0: Ooh.
2: I know, that's wow. cool. Just, just a small list of achievements there. Uh,
0: a long yeah. CV, man. That's awesome. I know.
1: It's very impressive. You're, hired.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like, but the job is Carpentry, Brooks. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, what are we talking about today, Alexi?
4: So, today we're talking about progressive state management with NGXS. So, what's the progressive state management, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is a question. (laughs) Probably. I mean, yeah, most of the people wonder, like, what's progressive state management? Well, the way it's, like, Today, I mean, maybe someone else have their own idea about progressive state management, but my idea about progressive state management is development technique. When you're progressively enhancing the functionality of the application state, in a way, it won't affect the existing data flow and existing structure of your application. So basically, you start in your uh, just by implementing reactive services. And then, if you want, you can go another level of state management, right? And if you like NGXS, so you choose NGXS because I'm an NGXS fan. <laughs> I'm recommending to use NGXS. Maybe someone want to use different state management, right? Instead, but still it will be considered at in my world, in my view, as a progressive state management. If you go from reactive services to any other state management solution. And what's reactive services? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> great. So You're asking all the questions. I'm yeah. just, I'm, I feel like I'm just, just along for the ride. And... <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: this is the last one probably I want to answer. <laughs> so, the reactive services is the services implemented with Eric JS behavior subject. It's like a wrapper on top of Eric JS behavior subject. Yep, <laughs> that's all. It's <laughs> all the basic concepts. In, in my talk today,
2: so the the next logical step from a reactive service or reactive services, if you only have one service, I think you perhaps probably in trouble is is to bring in like a state management solution, yep. such as NgXS. Okay, yep. I, now I I have I have heard of NgXS. I have used NgRX. All right. So, what? I suppose I should probably ask, for the benefit of our dear listener, what is What is state management beyond a reactive service? And then then we'll come back to what I was going to say before. So state management
4: is a solution to manage state of your single page, in single page applications. So basically you have uh, some data flow, you have data which changed along the time user interaction with the application. And so state management helps to manage this data. So manage the state of your application. There is lots of bits to it, like different sort of data. I mean, even URL in a browser might be considered as a something as a part of your state, as a data you want to bring to your, you want to manage with a state management solution. But yeah, so basically it's, again, so state management is a solution which helps you to manage data and data flow in your single page application.
2: Just the way how I've seen. I see it. I think I'm marvelously concise. I've used NG NGRX mm-hmm. on a couple of different projects, and the only thing I know about NGXS is that the logo really reminds me of the Sega logo, which I really enjoy about it. But that that's all I know. Can you can you tell us what what is NGXS and what makes it what makes it stand out from? Because uh, you could probably argue that NGRX is the one that pe- most people have heard of in the community. I guess. So yep. what, what makes MGXS stand out and what makes it different? So first of all,
4: yeah, the creator of, of MGXS is Austin McDaniel, McDaniel. So probably some of you know him. He's been released back since 2018. in yeah. Japan, two, two years ago. <laughs> uh, by MG Panda.
0: <laughs> he used yes. to all the time be on Angular Air with me and would yep. wear his Panda head. So. Yeah. He's- very well known for that if, if no one else caught the reference. so
2: <laughs> Must be really hard to write code in a giant panda head.
0: Mm-hmm, also sweaty.
2: Yeah, true. So the
4: NGXS is a simple state management solution with a less boilerplate. plate. It has things like dependency injection and declarators as a first citizens. So basically by using NGXS, you using normal Angular thinking or you're doing things in an Angular way which is most of uh, which every Angular developer is familiar with. It has a life, action life cycles, and it has a great community. So there is a Slack channel when, uh, where anyone can join and ask questions and discuss anything. So, yeah, but simplicity is probably the f- number one feature of NGXS.
2: I know that a lot of people's issue with NGRX is is how much time it takes to get off the ground and with all the boilerplate i haven't actually used more recent uh, versions of So i i understand that they have attempted to address that so NGR, NGXs just comes out of the box with less boilerplate yep yep so how do you get all of your stuff set up then like uh presumably you still you're still using like actions and reducers and selectors and, and things or is, is it like a, a, a completely different way of thinking of things?
4: Yeah like first of all uh, you think about NGXS as a CQRS pattern so you have your comments and queries so comments is actually actions and queries is they are selectors so there is two basic concepts in NGXS you can think about and okay. so it's pretty much like yeah, you dispatching an action from a component and you've got your as a piece of code, as uh, with this action execute, right, and then you can listen for life cycles or mm. like yeah, it's pretty much uh, combination. Yeah, I mean it's very similar, like uh, in as a way of doing things in NgRx. So dispatching the
2: action and yeah, listening for events. Mm. Okay, I mean I have to say it sounds it actually sounds quite similar to what we use on the project where I work, which is. It's, it, we use like a homegrown solution, but it is much much simpler than NGRX. In that you're, no. basically, we we're literally just dispatching and then just subscribing in other places. It's it it really is just what we use is just building on top of behavior subjects really, but just in a in a more like formalized way. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what NGXs kind of tries to do as well? Or have I missed the point?
4: <laughs> Sorry, like what you? Uh, so you're saying you are using services in? Yeah, we yeah we are yeah,
2: we, using services and mm. and so we are we are dis- we have basically objects containing behavior subjects and then uh-huh. so we we dispatch off to place data uh, in, off to place data inside a behavior subjects and then elsewhere we've got things listening so as I say it's a it's a homegrown solution but it, it works quite well I just wondered if it, it sounded yeah. like this was similar to to NGXS, what uh, I it
4: to seems to like you're talking about reactive service <laughs> in my yeah view. yeah so okay. like reactive service is a wrapper on top of behavior subject, right so I mean that's basically this is the first this is a step number zero or state management zero? In my in my view so yeah and then next level is a state management solution like NGXS, so which is
2: different from using behavior subject okay I, I fall at your feet and apologize for my huge slip up there <laughs> please go on tell us more yeah
4: so there is uh, like there is very easy f- for beginners and for like people who just first come to angular and... Um, to avoid a learning curve and be productive not in a day number i don't know 10. <laughs> just let's be i like it let's,
3: 10
2: <laughs> let's be
4: productive on day 2
2: <laughs> day 1 is just working out the tour of heroes <laughs> something like that
0: so, so would you say that it's not a bad idea to learn this first then they don't need to have an understanding of everything that is built into NGXS to jump in.
4: It depends. Uh, like It's very depends what you're trying to achieve. If you just want to learn, that yeah, like you can learn it on, like on day one <laughs> or two, but if you know what you're doing, maybe you don't want to learn state management at day one. You want to just understand how you can actually build a simple solution first and then iterate, so closer to the day 10, <laughs> maybe on day 10, you think, oh, yeah, actually, like, I want to try. <laughs> maybe it makes sense to bring state management, but maybe it never comes. Maybe you never want to bring state management because maybe there's no sense at all. Maybe your solution is quite simple, which might be like, yeah, or a team you work working, also it depends, like, what's your team size. If your team, maybe, like, look, there is... Talking about state management, it's also, the, it's like, also like a state management is a, a, a code style. So maybe this particular state management solution doesn't allow align with your team code style, like using, as I said, NGXS heavily using like dependency injection and decorators. There's some people say, hey, it's actually cool. Allow it. And other people say, oh, no, <laughs> we don't want decorators. Decorators are evil.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> Seems a bit harsh on the decorators. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love decorators. <laughs> yeah, I like, but, I like the fact that they look so simple and they do all sorts of mysterious things under the hood and I don't have to worry too much yeah. about what's going on. I love and it. And
4: like people who come in from .NET background or Java background, I can talk about .NET because I don't, lots of years in .NET in my early career. So, it's all about, there's decorators everywhere in .NET. So, and once I saw decorators, then you can actually write decorators in your front-end code. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's probably one of the things you see when learning Angular. So, Angular uses lots of decorators, but yeah, once you see a solution, a library, which also have decorators. I mean, because, I mean, it's not like, oh, let's, uh, like, why would, you, why some people like decorators? Because they make your code decla- very uh, declarative and it's very easy to read this sort of code. You can tell, I mean, if, unless your decorators have proper naming convention, which is most of people probably following now these days. So if your decorators, actually self-explanatory. And by reading the name, you can tell what this decorator is about. Then yeah, this sort of code is very easy to read and to explain to other people. And if you, if there's lots of, if you like a team of developers, 10, whatever number. So if there is a newcomer to your project, it's very easy for people to understand this sort of code because they just read like in plain English. (laughs) So for example, Decorator action, at, at action. It means it's an action. So if you despise this action,
2: there is something will happen. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, of course. Right, I have a question. Uh, it comes with a story because I always like to tell stories. I've told this story before, so apologies to anyone listening who is bored of my repeat stories. We're on a project um, a couple of years ago uh, it was an Angular project and we had a, a new fellow join the team and he had come from a React background. He would not used Angular before. He picked it up remarkably quickly. It was very impressive. But literally the first thing he did was he, he took a look at the app and went, where's my state management solution? And then immediately implemented one and and tried to raise a PR for it. and And like our kickback on it was, we, we don't, why, do, why did you do that? Because we don't, because the whole point is the difference between Angular and React. There are many differences. One of the differences is that like Angular kind of handles your state for you in a different way, right? So we don't need to immediately put this state management solution in. And yet people are obviously using state management in in Angular application. So why why do I want to use a state management solution above a reactive service? in my Angular app, because it does kind of handle stuff for me.
4: So actually, uh, it's a good point about the React developers. And I used to, like a week ago, oh no, not a month ago, I was Googling, I was finding some solution for something, I can't remember what was that, and so for some reason, yeah, was I converting something? Um, I was converting some format into another format, one format of data into another format of data, and found this project, a React project. And just for curiosity, I bring it up. It's like one or two components up, probably one. And I saw in the source code, there is like a state management. Like, I was like, okay, I was- That's dedication, uh, isn't it? <laughs> to say I was laughing, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that, but yeah, I was like, okay. So yeah, why you don't like when you like in in, in Angular application, right? Is different. Like not every person brings state management right away. And to to answer to your question, why? So if someone okay, it's like in, in your in your in your particular situation, what, what, say you're working on the project, a couple of people, and you bring in some new developer with his own opinions about state management. Maybe, like, he comes from React background, where they using Redux very heavily. And, yeah, so he a, made a PR to your project, and you're opening the PR, and like, realizing, like, okay, <laughs> and why, like, maybe you want to ask a developer why you, you want to do this, or maybe you have, say, you have uh, guidelines about your project, whatever. But, yeah, so... Why you want to bring state management? It needs like you don't want just to bring the state management because oh like I bring in state management to every project. That's the way to go, right? It's not it's not an excuse to bring the state management. Like, first of all, it's state management. Like every every state management is different. So first of all, the state management you bring to your project should match the code style of your team. So everyone needs to be agreed that hey we love. This how you write in the code. We like how the code this looks like when you use this particular state management. That's probably the first thing uh, you need to agree. Second thing, your solution needs to be not like you probably write in a complex application. So we're not talking here about like two, maybe five components. Maybe we're talking like about pretty much yeah meet I see. I'd say meet plus mid to big mid mid size up and so that's probably another consideration of state management uh so if you like say you want a consistency in your app because like if it's a big application or say you have a number of applications in your organization so people come and go and another day you can see another person joining your team with his own opinions and start doing stuff in your project but you want you don't want new people to invent a bicycle, right? I come to the bicycle later today, but so <laughs> so you don't want people to introduce bicycles, and that's why state management helps you to keep things consistent, cons- consistent, cons- consistent in your in your organization. So you don't have to explain people spend time to explain people about those consistency. You just give them URL. <laughs> hey, that's a that please read it. And like that's what we're using. So and also you don't have to come up with your own guidelines because it's already there. Opposite to that, say you you using I'm talking about Bit project. So you using reactive services, so wrappers on top of behavior subject. So you need to make sure that people who come to your project actually stay consistent. So they write in typical code. So what you need to do, you probably need to spend some time to create documentation, maybe, custom. Com- so you need to put people who working on documentation and also bring this documentation up to date. So this kind of additional exercise and additional resources you need to dedicate for your project, I mean, Talking here about big project, right? If it's small projects, maybe no one writes the, the documentation. <laughs> so if like one or two people working on the same project, right? But yeah, if you're talking about big organization and lots of developers involved, then yeah, you have to have something where people can go and read. Otherwise, you end up of having like PRs, <laughs> like
2: you like you mentioned. That's actually very interesting. It hadn't even occurred to me that one of the reasons why you might want to choose a state management solution is just just to make sure that everyone's doing things the same. That That is interesting. And uh, and and you also I'm, I'm thinking, I'm listening to what you're saying and thinking, oh yeah, some, on the thing that I work on, some docs for how we actually do stuff would have been yep. amazingly useful when I started. And then I'm also thinking, well, hope someone else has a chance to write those because I don't have time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's the problem.
2: So yeah, basically,
4: I guess this was the answer to your question in regards like why when you need to bring estate management.
2: It was a great I... answer to my question. I, that's probably the best answer that I could possibly vote for because I didn't even it didn't even occur to me that the answer might have been that. So uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Cool. So speaking about uh, reactive services, like behavioral subjects and stuff like that. So, I saw a picture what? of a cat. Go back.
4: It's <laughs> like a cat who controls the scenes, as you can see.
2: <laughs> for, for everyone listening, Alexi is kindly providing us with a slideshow for today's episode. And I am mesmerized at the moment by a cat sitting in a cafe.
0: Looking like he gives zero fluffs.
2: Very good. Yeah. good. I wondered what you were going to say there for a second. I mean, to be honest, isn't that just cats? I know my cat. My cat would do that, except he probably also smashed a cup of coffee on the floor.
0: Now, so for those of us just who aren't cat-like knowledgeable, I mean, I've never really hung out with one. Yeah, the cat looks like it's got attitude. So,
4: yeah, that's exactly the kind of cat. And the title of this slide is reactive services. So, <laughs> which. Helps you to solve component communication data flow in your application in a quite elegant and simple way without additional layer of complexity. So that's basically uh, this attitude. This cat attitude This kind of tells this sort of.
0: <laughs> love it. I thing. love it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> because I have this other slide like that. Oops, going back. Oh, this one. There's the opposite of to this slide.
1: <laughs> I just feel yeah, stressed I, looking at that. I, I've been on projects <laughs> like that, yeah.
4: <laughs> so, and yeah, at, at some point I thought like, hey, girl, do you really want to expose behavior subject into your component, into your services? So one, one don't, again, like I like this idea of um, consistency. And so, hey, can you do something like to keep things consistent with behavior, but not... Uh, but by not using behavior subject explicitly, and I create this library called RxService. Service. So basically, it's like state management zero. <laughs> so for lazy people, so basically, it's, it's contains this abstract class with a number of methods. So which allows you to set default value, set new value, get current value, and subscribe to the current value, and So, this way your code, your services code becomes a little bit simpler and more readable. That's all. But yeah, you don't have to use it. (laughs) I have this. Oops. If you want, I can quickly show you what I'm talking about here. So, uh, that's the normal behavior subject service. As you can see, you can basically, I'm defining a behavior subject and like basically using explicitly in this particular case. So, I'm calling.next. To set a new, new piece of data. But yeah. with Eric service, it's looking a little bit differently. So there is no behavior subject in my service. I'm just extending Eric service. And what I do, I just use function set state in this particular case, right? So just to set the state. So the code becomes a little bit less bodily, platy, and more readable using this approach. In my world, <laughs> maybe someone can tell, say, yeah, 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 I actually like, like use behavior subject implicitly. That's fine. That's fine, but yeah,
1: I don't like behavior subjects to uh, in general. I think they're it can lead to a lot of spaghetti code. But I, I think I've been on projects that have used them. So like you're passing them into components and and an input and then uh, updating the values that way and yep and create spaghetti.
4: And I think spaghetti will gets if you on a long running project. So it's not going it's not happening on day one maybe on then five, or day on, yeah. on day seven <laughs> you see what I mean <laughs> you need a couple of iterations basically to get spaghetti with behavior subjects
1: <laughs> sure.
4: so and in this particular use case like uh do you see that state management might solve the problem if you replace the behavior subject with state management solution in the project you mentioned?
1: Oh, the, yeah, yes, yeah, state management would have helped a lot. I tried to suggest that, but I've, I've also been on a project with uh, ngxs. We actually started with ngrx, right. and then people complained that that was too much boilerplate. They basically it was a larger team. The team didn't use it. Right? We kept on saying, you know. Stop calling directly with the service. Then we switched to, I actually did the implementation of switching it to ngxs and it was, it was a lot smoother. We got people to buy into it, other developers to buy in and, and start using it everywhere, which was awesome. I really like ngxs. There's also the CLI is super helpful when you, you know, get things going, the ngxs mm-hmm. CLI. Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, offline plugin that I've also used. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really cool. Cause that comes, it's kind of magical. And the forms plugin as well is, is really yep. magical. I'm not yep. sure how that are works. Are these things
0: it, in like, in GXS labs or? Yeah.
1: yeah They're like cool. add ons. Yeah. Like plugins. I'll put them in the chat for anyone who wants to. Uh,
0: I also, I'm including in the show notes, a, Link to the episode that we did with Lexi on Angular Air because mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, he blew my mind with the, the uh, what is it? Is it called the plugin with the RX service that you wrote? Oh yeah, and it, it's and showing the, the difference between the code, like before and after, it was like yeah, absolute magic. So for the visual learner who wants to see that, definitely check out that recording because I think sometimes you just have to see the code. <laughs> So, so I wanted to give you props for that because I really, really, really enjoyed that episode.
2: Yeah, me too. It was a great episode. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to promote your other podcast, I think you need to make sure that the next time you do Angular Air, you point Yeah, everyone. we want a shout out too.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. I got some, some snickety boys on the podcast today. <laughs> oh, you guys know you're my favorite. I mean, what? No,
1: don't tell the others <laughs> yeah well it's they'll right. find out I'm tweeting at angular air <laughs> we are Alyssa's favorite
2: yeah i mean oh. I, I imagine they'll hear it when this episode comes out because i oh because yeah,
1: they, they
0: listen agree. yeah yeah absolutely okay, so question now alexa, alexa that you are part of you said you're now a new member of the ngxs team so it's
4: been can for we a while?
0: anticipate the Rx service that you wrote, all of that functionality to just now be bundled in default behavior of NGXS?
4: Are we not, I mean, we didn't, I don't think there is a need and okay. it might create a little bit of-
0: Mass panic like, and confusion.
4: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because okay. it's kind of different scene.
0: I just love so, it so much, and I'm like, <laughs> I, it needs to be just how things work. Just that. So. Maybe
4: it's possible, but it needs to be discussed and it needs to be thought about that. But, but yeah, I don't know how and why it needs to be there yet. But yeah, it might be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, like if you Whatever. don't want to use the full functionality, just use this little bit, and then if you're ready,
1: you just use everything else. Yeah. Just call it NGXS Lite. Or diet. <laughs>
0: yes, Brooks, you are our new marketing manager. All <laughs> uh, <new
4: time. laughs> right. I,
2: I, I will think about it and I bring this uh, to the team. <laughs> Just raise a PR, Brooks. All right, I will. Don't, don't even mention it. Straight in PR, bam. <laughs> well... That's how open source works. What was right?
1: the, the process to join the project? I mean, I assume you made some PRs and they liked them and reached out to you. How, how did that work? Just curious. Yeah, like it depends. Like, well, I, I guess, what? W- how did it happen for you? I guess is.
4: Yeah, I used to be a part of the... I joined the Slack for quite a while and I done a couple of demos way back, a couple of proposals. Uh, there is actually a proposal which is still active and we're working on that. We just started working on that maybe months ago, but the proposal is maybe two years old, maybe one year, old, maybe at least one year. It's actually to, it's about the schematic things because uh, right now, schematics is a separate package for ngxs, which is a bit weird. Usually you schematics lives in the same package. So if you want to install any package, you do ng with inglass, uh, uh, you, you do ng at package name right and this will execute schematics and stuff like that and then you can actually if you want uh, you can use these schematics like say you want to create an action or you want to create a selector you just say, just go ng like whatever action name or something like that and you can it can scaffold uh, action for you but in, in ngxs it's historically it's like separate package which probably not everyone knows about it and it's kind of a little bit outdated. So currently we're working on this story to make schematics works better for NGXS and to be as a part of main uh, main package, which uh, at NGXS. And then every plugin will have schematics in it. So you would install a plugin just by saying NG at plugin name. And it will bring the plugin into your project and it will do anything else needed to actually, so to minimize your development effort. So yeah, you need to be a little bit active. It's just a normal open source project. So yeah. like basically if you're a little bit active and you show your interest, which I I, I just was, you know, I like NGXS. Uh, from the first day I saw it, I remember this tweet first in. Back in time, actually, I was using NGRX in my in, in this like was it two years ago? Yeah, at this project. And then once I saw NGXS, I said, "Oh, yeah, it's exactly what I want." <laughs> so and since since then, NGXS is my favorite state management solution. I recommend it to everyone. And I yeah been a part of community for quite a while. And yeah, and some at some point on the Slack, I was asking, "Hey, like, do you want to join?" project i was like surprised i didn't expect that and yeah i had the conversation with uh, mark he's a lead and yes yeah, and then like it's been like maybe two months ago i think so yeah pretty well, happy to be part of it <laughs> so we're, we have lots of things in the list and yeah we just want to make ngxs is the best solution uh, the best state management solution for angular applications that's our goal <laughs>
1: yeah That's awesome. That's cool. I mean, like I said, I I love NGXS. I'm on an NGRX project right now. I miss it, but yeah, very cool.
3: Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy experience for your customers? I mean, let's face it. The only way you're going to know that is by actually running it on production. So go figure it out, right? You run it on production, but you need something plugged in so that you can find out where those issues are, where it's slowing down, where it's having bugs. You just, you need something like that there. And Raygun is awesome at this. They, they just added the performance monitoring, which is really slick and it works like a breeze. I I just, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's like you get the ray gun and you zap the bugs. It's anyway, definitely go check it out. It's going to save you a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of sanity. I mean, let's face it. Grepping through logs is no fun and having people not able to tell you that it's too slow because they got sidetracked into Twitter is also not fun. So go check out Ray gun. They're definitely going to help you out. There are thousands of customer-centric, customer-focused software companies who use Raygun every day to deliver great experiences for their customers. And if you go to Raygun and use our link, you can get a 14-day free trial. So you can go check that out at adventuresinangular.com/slash-raygun.
4: And from your perspective, like, do you see like, like, what do you see by working on NGXs project versus NGRX like? What you like but, or what you don't like? Is there anything NGXS maybe you don't like? You want to be different? Uh, or?
1: it's it's NGXS came a lot quicker and easier to me to pick up on. And that's probably, you know, less boilerplate, etc. The other thing that NGXS does, the documentation is really great. Like I, I, and that's probably what helped me pick it up so quick was like going through the docs it was like I went through them, and all of a sudden I was I was done. You know, uh, right. I just dived right in and started implementing it. NgRx has not been that smooth for me, but I'll get there.
2: It's just time. Brooks, was that like with with your prior experience of of using NgRx that you like find NgXS docs help? Did, was it easier because you'd been using a different state management solution, or was it the like? No, I hadn't
1: used is- this. Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't used a state management solution before then. I used okay. NGXS first. Uh, the, uh, NGX okay, NGX is yeah. Kind of like a mind blowing, blowing from that Yeah. It, it, I know. One thing I say
2: about NGRX is it, it took me so long to get my head around it. Like, yeah. just, I did a course. Todd Motto has on his ultimate courses platform, he has an NGRX course, which is like seven and a half hours long. I'd done it twice. It's it's a great course, right? It it was really good and it got me there, but it just, just absolutely no concept really at the beginning of what on earth was going on. So super complex. So I I really like the sound of one that is actually just, you can literally just read the docs and know what's going on. That sounds (laughs) lovely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in particular, there's, uh, I was looking at, I was going through the NGRX docs and there's some, where is it? I'm pulling it up and I'm going to put it in the show notes. This one right here. There's a diagram that really is simple and explains, like, basically the whole thing. I kept on referring back to this, going through it and how it worked. It's in the intro. This, uh, this show, this podcast has been very visual for. A
0: I know it's horrible.
1: I just brought up a diagram.
0: Quick, someone describe this chart with
1: it's a bunch words. of circles with arrows. <laughs> well, the, part of it is there's only three circles, right? Mm-hmm. And then...
0: Your component, your, yeah, your action and your store.
1: Right. And so the component dispatches an action to the store and that updates the component again. that's kind of a loop. And the action also talks to the backend and if you have any plugins that as well. It's a very simplified, but that's kind of how it ends up working.
4: No side effects.
1: No. <laughs> is that good? Is that, is
2: that something you want? Is that, is that a goal?
4: You mean like goal what do you mean by goal?
2: Yeah, I mean that's perhaps a poor choice of words for me. Again, going back to the complexity of NGRX, like the effects was just this whole other thing that I'm like
4: mm-hmm. that
2: you have to learn. But I say you say this, we got no side effects. So is that is that what you want? You want to go with a with an effectless state management?
4: Yeah, it's like less complex the less um, concepts is a simpler the solution. And the easier you can pick it up, as Chris already mentioned, so NGX is quite simple because it has less, at first it has less concepts in, in it. And it was the goal of Austin, actually, to make a, NG, a solution, a state management solution, which is simple. It's, it was like he kind of saw that, about, uh, that NG, NGX is quite complex and what can i do in order to use the beauty of all these wonderful ideas like uh, Reduxy and security <laughs> together uh, to actually like uh, to have a state management for my application so without having all those uh, spending all those time on learning it and implementing because uh, effects can go really
2: really crazy sometimes. yep <laughs> i have seen that okay In, that's interesting i'd like how do you how do you handle because the, the whole point of the of the effects part of ngrx is that as you are as you're flowing through your you know your action action reducer cycle the whole point is is that like you you use the effect right to sort of shoot off to the side and do something asynchronously while your cycle continues going round. So is it just literally that you just don't do that with NGXS? You just you have to stick inside of this cycle. Is that is that how it works?
1: If
4: you want, you can do something like that, but it's something not in the docs, I guess. <laughs> so maybe for people who with NG NGRX background, they you know, once you get your head around it, hmm. you continue in thinking about that management this way. And when you come to NGXS land, you still want something like that. So you can do something like that if you want. I haven't done it in in NGXS because like for me, it's not necessary,
2: but if you still think
4: of it, you can do something like
2: that. Yeah, that's cool. We're talking about belligerent developers who, who don't, <laughs> don't like the change. No, that's fine. I mean, I... I as I said I found the effects to be quite just another added layer of complexity I was just yep. I was just interested in how how it how you get on without them but I mean, it sounds like you get on absolutely fine so that's good I have to say like just as the, the longer this episode goes on the more I'm thinking that ngxS just seems like something that I would like to try next time next time I'm in a position to, to use you know a state management solution because that all I'm hearing is that it basically it's the same sort of thing you get with an NGRX, but it is much simpler and much more pleasant to use. And I say, you know, I, by, the, by the time I'd used NGRX a bunch, I, like, I get it now and it's fine. And I, I kind of like it and I'm not too fussed by the boilerplate, but I'm never going to turn down something simpler because I like simplicity.
4: More, and also, I, I like this saying, like NGRX it's like, do more with less,
2: <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. Is that is that the official catchphrase of the of the library? Not really. <laughs> but yeah, it might be. Yeah. I'll raise a PR to get it on the website.
4: <laughs> uh, also, there's a thing called NG Access Labs. It's kind of a playground, it's a separate report on the GitHub that exists to test a new and prototype new ideas and proof conce- and proof concepts and that potentially may become a part of NGXS core functionality. And there is lots of stuff we need, like, uh, and most of, some of that is actually production ready. So, so like, some of this is bulletproof. Like, for example, I know people using NGXS data plugin on the production and plugin for uh, Firebase plugin as well. So if you want, and a couple of things about NGXS data, it's actually, like, same idea. (laughs) Even less boilerplate. Even it
2: says. less boilerplate. Yes. If you thought less boilerplate was good, wait until you try even less boilerplate.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's basically the idea here. It's like addition, basically, it's a plugin you install on top of NGXS, and you can use the benefits of this plugin. So you're not writing actions, you're not writing selectors. You just have your state. Okay, let me. Hey, are you writing anything? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, yes. So that's the state implementation, just ngxs store implement normal implementation. So you have in normal implementation, you have a state file, you have you might have a separate file for selectors, and you have separate file for actions. But with ngxs data, you have just one single file. Wow. What? <laughs> and how you consume that. So with a in normal NGXS, you consume your state, like in component, you inject the store, and you you might want to select data, so you're so you using selectors and dispatching actions. That's a couple of lines. But mm-hmm. with NGXS data, it gets a little bit different. There is That's all you need you've to got, do. You've got literally nothing in that component. <laughs> Yes, you just inject injecting the state <laughs> and the so, all. and then that's
1: crazy. And the yeah. template
4: part, the template part. So basically, on the template, in normal way. So you yeah, you have something in your component, like some functions in your component. You want to call them, but in uh, and you dispatching the action if you want to if, if you want to mutate state. But here in injects data, you referring. Directly to to state, so you know dispatching action. Instead, you just you just call the function directly.
0: That's oh, basically the difference.
2: Yeah. Oh, you you literally just removed the dispatch. You just oh, yeah.
4: yeah yeah. That's probably good. more yeah. closer to services, like to normal way of using services.
2: Yeah, pretty neat though. Is that yours? Is that your like project, or is, is that actually
4: it's the author of this project is Max Ivanov? And if anyone have any questions about this project or, and it's not related to NGXS, you can join the Slack channel. It's a official channel. Like, there's like thousands of developers there and yeah, to discuss anything or to ask, or to ask questions.
0: Yeah. So if something like this NGXS data is in labs, does that mean it might one day be full-time in NGXs,
4: or will always live well, in under labs. look uh i think there was a discussion about that and it's a little bit different approach it's like you remember alicia you said, like why don't to bring rx service into ng ngx yeah. it's kind of similar idea like yeah like it's, it's it's for now it's as a part of labs but yeah my, who knows maybe in the future like you know in, in ngx there is a data plugin, data extension, or whatever you call it, right? I think it's something similar in, in, on NGRX land, so NGRX data. And it lives in uh, Rx repository. But it's a little bit different way of, you, of using NGRX, right? And so some people choosing data to go, and then the code looks a little bit different. Or some people say no, we don't want to use it, and their code looking a little different, right? Is it is it right way of saying that in NGRX land or not? I, I'm not sure, but yeah, that's how it is in NGXs. Because as you can see, your code style changed a lot,
0: very so. drastically. Yes, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I can see that your your project in the open thing is called From Services to NGXs. Is this is this part of a tutorial that you have, and is this something that we can we can get hold of because it just this small snapshot that I'm looking at, I feel I feel sad for the folks listening who have no idea what we're just sort of staring open-mouthed
1: at. But they're probably um, it, pretty frustrated at us, to be honest. But, yeah, thanks for addressing the elephant in the room there, Brooks. <laughs> if they're still listening...
2: <laughs> everyone's, everyone's still hanging on to hear what your picks are this week,
1: Brooks. Don't worry. I got a good one.
4: <laughs> uh, a good one, too. <laughs> But, yeah, that's uh, exactly the project is about. It's, it's like a tutorial. So it's, it it's, it's a project on GitHub, so it's a public project. And, yeah, so here it's demonstrating the way how you're going from behavior subject services, reactive services, to NGXS, and then how actually to go from NGXS to NGXS data. So there is cool. three,
2: three things mm-hmm. Maybe please have a link to your to this repo in the in the yep. show notes because um I uh, for the folks who for the for the one listener who is still hanging on because they want to hear Brooks pick go and check this out because it what we're looking at it looks it looks pretty pretty good and I I also want to go to see it
4: yeah so basically that's that's in if you have any more questions maybe I missed something we're working on releasing a new version. The official, like, the new version soon. But after this version, it's going to be another version, which is probably breaking change version. Maybe not really, but yeah, another major version. So the next version is not major version, but at some point this year, maybe next couple of months, we will release a new major version with
1: new features. What's the the biggest feature that you're uh, coming out in the new major version?
4: So first of all, it is schematics. That's first of all. Then we want to. I mean, there is not like there is lots of code of polishing going on, and maybe we want to use. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I, can, I can't tell you like what the future is going to be because uh, totally the clear. new the new major major version it hasn't been finalized. The list of things. Oh, and we want to like pin that.
1: you down. I want. I want commitment. <laughs>
4: Okay, it's gonna be the better version of the current version. Oh that's <laughs> what I
1: have. Even
2: even, even less boilerplate. <laughs> Too easy, that, yeah. That's not official. Yeah. Don't if, don't and don't sue me if there's if there's more boilerplate than you expecting.
4: Yeah, like also like boilerplate is something you type, right? And if there's something which can generate code for you, can you consider it's less boilerplate?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think Probably. so. Yeah. I think so. So yeah, the schematics. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That was right. right. Prediction. Yeah. <laughs> Prediction met.
4: Yeah. So yeah, what else? Yeah, maybe we can have another episode. Uh, I can tell you all the features. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great.
2: <laughs> do we? Um,
0: do we want to do some pick?
2: <laughs> this is this is what everyone's been waiting for. No, actually that I do I do a massive disservice because that was I've just I've just digested a, a vast quantity of new knowledge there. So thank thank you, Alexi, for that. It was super, super interesting. And I feel like there's so much more to learn and I, I want to learn it.
0: <laughs> you you give us all hope for the complexities of state management.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got even less boilerplate. What more do you need? I'm going straight to that.
0: Goodness! All right, I'm uh, linking.
2: And in. Another another side of complexity
4: is a is a price, right? Like the business has to pay to
2: maintain the complexity. That's mm-hmm. another side true, true. of that. I thought you were telling me there for a second that this is behind a paywall that you have just forgotten to mention. <laughs> like, <laughs> by the way, NGXS there is a monthly <laughs> subscription, nine nine dollars. I heard projects not and um, like not
4: even talking about state management, just general projects. So I had a project, or Angular project, and it's been abandoned. No problems, there wasn't any problem with this project. It was working well, like no performance issues, nothing, all good. But company, the, the, the developer left the company, and they didn't find any more Angular developers. So they had to rewrite it with another framework. I mean, the,
0: the nightmare, right? Like
4: <laughs> Because the developers at the company they didn't want didn't want to learn Angular, they didn't want to learn new framework. And so they didn't manage to motivate those developers to learn Angular, and they didn't find, they didn't manage to find a new developer. Like, yeah, same thing with state management. So some people can implement the complexity, they can leave the company, and then company have to actually Find, try to find the new developers, and those developers might you, you might not even able to find to hire uh, like students or meet beginners who can maintain this code. This code might be maintainable only by experts, and well, experts are very hard to find and they cost a lot.
0: These are all really good points, and it is something that I talk to my husband often about is the bus factor because there's a lot of knowledge that only he or one of his other coworkers knows at their company on the yep. dev team. And it's just anything that you can do to reduce that. So love that. Very awesome.
3: Back when functional programming was making its resurgence, I found it really interesting that a lot of people were moving over there. And it almost felt like it was on hype. And I didn't really understand the power of functional programming until I learned Elixir. Elixir is a functional programming language. It's built on the Erlang virtual machine. And it really does some interesting things and makes you build apps in a different way. But what's really fascinating about it is the speed of the applications, the ability to distribute work easily, and just how it manages the functional programming and all of the nice things about it so that you don't have to worry about side effects and a lot of the other things that come out of functional programming. Plus, pattern matching in Elixir is a killer feature. If you're looking for a new language that you want to learn that is going to make a difference for you and give you the opportunity to challenge some of your thinking and find a new way of doing it, Elixir is a great way to go. And we have a podcast now on Elixir called Elixir Mix. And you can find that at elixirmix.com.
0: Well, gentlemen, unless there are any other comments, we'll get into the picks for today. Anything else? Let's do it. Well, my pick is Neuralink. Any, have you guys, any? anybody? Yeah. Is, is it Super Elon Musk?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the, yeah. the Elon Musk thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah watch right. the live stream got goosebumps we'll be signing up to get one seriously though if you haven't heard of it it is a device to that is implanted in your brain uh, creating mm. symbiosis between our brains and AI so and there's that... lots of applications for it but I'm pumped <laughs> does
4: it in- reduce any border plate <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, much boiling plate uh, you should see the the other version of this basically like they I think in the live stream he he said the other version of this that currently exists it it like destroys quite a bit of brain matter and it's the essentially like kicking your TV in order to get it to work and it works sometimes right because it just sends like electric jolts into your brain for certain use case medical use cases but this is like the uh, the finesse way of like I, I you have to watch it. If you haven't seen the story, right. it's just brilliant. It's right.
2: brilliant. Very okay. specific reference, but I feel like this is how the Borg happened in Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs>
0: are, are you talking about the downfall of humanity? It's
2: scary, right? Yeah. It's scary. It
0: is. Scary. It is. Yeah. It also watching these electrodes like talk to the neurons in your brain. Like I was like, oh my God, it's the future. Like we're it's just, I know it's scary, but it's also like, it has to happen. Next step. We got to go there, right? Like, I don't know. That's my personal opinion. So I'm All excited. Right. I, <laughs> Brooks, I saw a, I saw, a,
2: got... I saw a, um, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Wow. I was, I was going to follow on your pick. I saw I saw a tweet yesterday, probably, about this. And it was like, Bill Gates, we must have vaccines. Everyone, no, you're going to put microchips in us. Elon Musk, I'm literally going to put a chip in your brain. Everyone, Ah, oh, it's so revolutionary. <laughs>
1: It's so true. It's just how you sell anyway. it. <laughs> Am I going picks now? or Are we going out of yeah. order again? Yeah, okay. we go. I'll go because I, I got a great one. All right. So for anyone with toddlers or young children who you can't get in the bathtub, I use, we oh, call it super, hugs. super bubble night. And I use, with the kids out of the tub ahead of time, use a paint stirrer on a drill and make the bubbles with the paint stirrer and it gets huge and the kids love it so i've, I've been able to get them into the tub more successfully with this
0: super bubble night that's
1: right i linked a paint stirrer that i use for it it's a lot of fun that's that's my pick that's a great pick i don't know if i could follow that
4: so is it my goal for peaks
2: okay go if you want Wait. so that's my pick it's a mug I with a bicycle on it
4: yeah, <laughs> that's my pick, is a bicycle. It's, it was really helpful for me at uh, these times, uh, being isolated. So it can keep you isolated, but at the same time, you can get away from your computer desk. <laughs> Don't bring a computer with you, just uh, sit on the bicycle and ride around. <laughs> so that's what I do every month. I like For the last four months or three months, I'm doing more than 300,000 in a month kilometers on my bicycle wow. which helps a lot to keep your feet and get away from desk from computer desk okay. and stay isolated so you don't breathe and sneeze on other people <laughs> I,
2: I can i can only ima- we can obviously only see from the from the chest up i can only imagine you have legs the size of tree trunks after doing three hundred thousand kilometers on your bike yes sort of <laughs>
4: <laughs> actually this month i done 200,089.
2: That's that's insane.
4: <laughs> Actually, not this month. I mean, August. It's already September, so it's zero. <laughs> this month is Oh, zero. you're speaking to us <laughs> from the future. I, I, oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's me from the future, but you're still in <laughs> August. <laughs> it's yeah, August. I was, I was like, it's still oh. August. What is he talking
2: about? <laughs> oh, this is... <laughs> oh elon musk with your with your cyber pig you can (laughs) we're we're literally talking to someone in the future (laughs) cyber pig yeah that's what they should call it (laughs) by the way if anyone starts using that i coined it Mm -hmm. i want so do you want me to tell what the stock's price or anything like nah yeah
0: oh because you're in the future right yeah exactly
4: So, the Bitcoin price on September 1st is uh, Bitcoin. It's another peak. Bitcoin price. I haven't looked at Bitcoin price for years. Okay. <laughs> so, what currency should I choose? US dollars. US dollars. Where is US dollars? Oh, I don't have US dollars in my list. Okay. I tell you in Singapore.
2: So, Singapore. Okay. Singapore right. in September. So no point of reference. Singapore 11, dollar. dollar. Okay. Really Syga- this this episode comes out in September still. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, hang on a sec. I'm nearly there. Okay, I tell you US dollars, it's okay. eleven thousand 11, point seven hundred.
1: Whoa. Is it the same at your end? Okay. It's, it's, it's 11,735 at my end. So I should Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. So it went down to, in the future.
4: To be yeah. precise, it's 11,000.
1: 44 okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so it goes up. It goes up by $10, so (laughs) I won't sell. If you you buy today... today. (laughs) 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 Uh, Chris, what's, uh, what's your pick? I will go with a short pick. Today,
2: my toddler has a cold, and this morning he had a temperature, so we did... The sensible thing and booked a family trip to go and get coronavirus tests which we we i appreciate this is different going to be different in every country but over here like we literally booked it and three hours later we were getting the test it wasn't hugely pleasant to be like sticking that thing up my nose and in the back of your mouth and things uh, but it was also it was pretty painless and we got the kids done and i think it's a sensible thing to do so my pick is if for any reason you think you might get a test, get a test, because then at least you know.
1: Do you know when you'll get the results? Did they tell they you? They 48 hours, get a text, apparently. Oh. By text message. Mm. Fancy. Wow.
0: Mm. Well, I hope it's negative, darling.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I,
2: it's, he's got a cold. It just, it seemed like a sensible thing, because I mean, in the UK, they're saying, if you got, and I imagine probably worldwide, they say, if anyone in your house has... like a temperature and it's like he's a toddler of course he has a temperature he's permanently got a temperature but (laughs) and it's like lock yourself away for two weeks like i'm not going to lock myself away for two weeks because the toddler has a cold like i'm just going to get the test so that i can say it's not coronavirus
4: right right i I remember back in the months like four months ago in order to convince doctor to make a test it, it was taking a while so this guy, in not in my office, like in my friend's office. So in April, he came from Europe, somewhere from Europe with lots of, was it Italy? Probably he came from Italy. And basically, it took a little bit of time to convince doctors that he might want to make a test, a coronavirus test, because... And probably the situation different now. If you want to make a test, they just hey, there, here you are. But four months ago, it was it was taking a little bit time to convince doctor that you need to make a test.
2: <laughs> yeah, like when this all started, we couldn't even get a test. I had a, in March, I had, a, I had a chest infection, and I just wanted right. to. I just wanted to get some antibiotics. And like because one of the things that you have with a chest infection is a cough. Literally, just all the doctors on the phone are like. No, you just have to self-isolate for two weeks. Like, no, I have a chest. I want some antibiotics. Like, no, nope. get self-isolate. Like, can I have a test? No, nope. <laughs> no, nope. just self-isolate. So it's like, yeah, it, it's really come on, because <laughs> that was rubbish.
4: And the results? Uh, you saying 20, 48 hours or twenty-four? Yeah,
2: but I mean, I was, I was. The guy said that some people have been have been reporting that it can take twelve hours. But it's public holiday in the UK today, mm. so uh, it's possible that. Old testing might be a bit slower, but yeah, apparently 48 hours to get a text. Uh, I was certainly... C... Yep, sorry. No, I was going to say it would be cool if uh, if it came through live on air unless it was positive. Yeah, in which case, yeah. It would have not yeah. been cool.
4: And I think uh, like my point here on the results, like one of my friends, he made a test two weeks ago or three weeks ago, something like that. So he, it took like a couple of days to them to get back on the results. Results were well, negative and he was surprised like why it took so long and my Theory if you're negative, so maybe taking like 24, like whatever two days, but if you're positive, they probably come back to you like
2: (laughs) straight away, like straight away. Yeah, you're true, actually, it's very true. Like, we've got to get these people off the street, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. right, right. Well, Alyssa has had to nip off, so um, I think that's probably a good sign that we are done. I just want to say. Thank you to Alexi for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you. It was like super, super interesting today. And I really enjoyed all the visuals. I'm sure those of us listening at home, <laughs> perhaps slightly less, but no, it was, it was fabulous. So thank you so much. And I also saw you minimized your desktop at one point and it's like 4.30 in the morning there, which I hadn't realized. So also, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for getting up in the middle of the night to speak to us.
4: Yeah, I had to wake up. I had to get to bed at eight. <laughs> that is, that so is I-
2: serious dedication.
4: I slept a couple of hours, but yeah, yeah, it's not my first talk at uh, early, uh, as early morning. So I done my first early morning talk at, back in maybe two months ago at Angel New York. Uh, <laughs> so at first time, once you speak in uh, as early morning first in your life, it's hard. But after that, it's getting easier it now. Yeah, 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 it's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Right, well. I think that all is left to do is to say thank you to everyone listening, and we will catch you next week.
4: Cheers.
3: Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot com to learn more.